gotta go live and we are live what's up everybody welcome back to the geek saint company another episode of the geek boutique podcast hey listen tonight's gonna be a pretty chill one we're live on instagram we're live on youtube we're live on facebook and really we're just gonna shoot the shit i got no plan for tonight we've got a theme to talk about the movies that made us the movies from our childhood that we've enjoyed that have sticked with us some cases even shaped who we became to be. But we're going to be taking it, like I said, very chill. I don't have 14 pages of note this time. Uh, uh, actually, I don't have any notes at all. I, I only have my list of movies. Uh, so we're going to be pretty chill. Uh, but before we get started, we've got a couple people with us tonight. Returning, as always, Mr. Messiah Complex. Oh. Jeff, how are you? I'm running out of breath trying to say it. Like I know. <laughs> you remembered this week. I'm so happy. Last week, you just skipped right over me. I, was just I didn't. Last week, I was just... trying to do a nice uh, intro that I actually awful, wrote man. out for you. Awful. And you cut lies. me before I got it out. Lies. Just to compound <laughs> lies upon lies. That's okay. I'm just a piece of furniture. The very, very, oh, yes, yes, yes. very old piece of furniture. That's and that's well, I can't argue with the old part, but no, dude, I've got like three years on you. What are you talking? You got more gray in your beard than I do. Well, you know, just console yourself, Jeff. I'll never be as old as you are. Wow, (laughs) you'll be older when I'm dead. I like that. Fair enough, fair Uh, enough. Also joining us, Erica, Erica Adam, coming back for the second time. How are you, Erica? Uh, uh, oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> With my lovely technical difficulties and my Caddyshack shirt, I'm prepared. Sort of. Wicked. So listen, there's going to be, I think, some movies that go without saying that we kind of talk about all the time. And, and and maybe I should get this right out of the way. Um, I'm pretty sure that Jeff also has these on his list. Star Wars. Four, five, six, I think anybody from our generation. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody, yeah, we all grew up Star Wars fans. We talk about Star Wars all the time. I don't know that I want to get into a whole discussion on Star Wars. Let's skip over that one. Uh, for me, anyway, one of the big series of movies that really got me, not just into movies, but into sci-fi-ish movies, was the Back to the Future series. I probably have seen the Back to the Future movies more times than I can count. Uh, I'm assuming both of you are well-versed on Back to the Future Part 1, 2, and 3. I don't know that I've ever watched 3. <gasps> really? I feel like like number 1 is like is like Jurassic Park. It's like the perfect film. Like There's literally nothing yeah. wrong with it from the start to the finish. And I feel like number 2 kind of fell off a cliff. As far as that goes, there were a lot yeah. of aspects of two that I liked, but it it just it did not remotely yeah. live up to number one. And I I don't think I ever actually got around to watching three. I know it's in the old west. I know there's a train, yeah. but I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched it start to finish. Man, I'm not going to lie to you. You should probably. Uh, it's better than two. It's way better than two. Okay, well that's good. Uh, it, it it one uh, sorry two tried to play off of one where three is really its own thing. Uh, okay. Um. It's not about going back to the first movie and blah, blah. No, it's its its own thing. It's in a different time frame. Uh, we get a new-ish DeLorean. Uh, there's a new time machine at the end. Well, don't spoil it. I it's, just said I hadn't watched listen, it. Listen, you, you got to go back and watch it. Erica, I'm, tell me you've watched one, two, and three. I absolutely have, but I might be on Jeff's case in that I think the only one I've 
rewatched is the first one. Really interesting. Hmm. Well, well, well. I know the second one has birthed some memes as well for it like has. you know yeah what like hologram like future stuff and the shoes and this hoverboard like everything like I get that part of it but yeah man that first movie when the it's like Jurassic Park too right I find mm -hmm. the same way like once that once you hit that high a pinnacle right off the jump like everything is downhill from True. there unfortunately so but it's good that you can see the third one as like its own thing mm -hmm. even though you're lumping it in the same series it's good that you can see that third one kind of like like a, how it stands alone like I'm good with that. But I just I just never sat down to watch it. So yeah, it does. I mean, it starts right where the part two ends, mm -hmm. but it's the story is independent of one and two, so you can really watch it on its own. Well, uh, I wanted to make sure, and that's why I was talking to you earlier. I wanted to make sure we got someone like Erica on, who's not just like a massive movie buff, but is not in our age group, in our demographic, mm -hmm. like the movies that shaped us. And don't get me wrong. I know Erica well enough to know there are some, look at her shirt. There are some classic movies that she likes, but still what is going to, cause you just said star Wars four five and six. And for Erica, it might be star Wars one, two and three. Like you don't fair enough. Fair generationally. Enough. I wanted to make sure we had a more diverse playing field when talking about movies. And it's just, just two old cis white guys, three years apart from each other, talking about the exact same movies we talk about every week. So no well, pressure. as a young cis white woman, um, I hate to say that all of the Star Wars movies were influential because one, two, and three are still too old for me. <laughs> and therefore, I thanks, want Erica. To all together. Thanks, Erica. <laughs> Your time here is done. Boot her out. <laughs> I'm not getting any echo when you're off mute, Erica. Take yourself off mute for a second, and we'll just do some we'll do some chit chatting and and see if. Like your computer uh, audio off mute on the both of them could be problematic, but let's see. How's this now? I've moved my phones from my microphone, so I'm hoping so that's testing helpful. one, two, three, testing. Yeah, I don't hear the echo at all. I'm not getting an echo, so I think we're okay. okay. So, whatever I'm yeah. a nice, expensive microphone for my computer, so uh, I'm going to thank my parents for buying that 10 years ago. And, uh, and sweet, oh, that's it. Well, there you we'll go. Yeah, Perfect. We'll Perfect. I, uh, before we move on to the, oh, I'm hearing the echo now. Uh, before we move on to either of our next movies, uh, have you guys watched the She-Hulk trailer? I did. Yes, I have. What did you guys think? I think the potential, okay. <laughs> I think the potential. So here's the thing. Orphan Black is one of my favorite shows of all time. Like yeah. I fell in love with that show. The concept, I fell in love with Tatiana Maslany on that show and the different roles she played. So I love her. I haven't watched the new Perry Mason. I heard she is in that and plays a bigger role in that. So I do want to watch that at some point. But man, that, that CGI is dodgy as fuck. It does not look good. And I know it's not coming out till August and it's only May. So I'm hoping they have some time to clean it up but i didn't realize she would be fully rendered cgi i thought they would just find a a, a lady bodybuilder essentially and then just paste her face on it and that doesn't look like what they've done it looks like they've just cgi'd her head to toe and yeah it, it does it doesn't work it's some serious uncanny mm -hmm. valley bullshit going on there conceptually I though it's the first trailer um yeah exactly because i feel like treating it like a loop right now and just pasting her over somebody bigger would be the smarter and more cost-effective way to go but maybe they haven't cast that person yet and this is or they haven't finished that this is a stand-in um 
you're right. It was a rough watch. <laughs> um, I know my roommate Megan had mentioned that she liked the concept because it made it seem a little bit more like a comic book, which if I look at it that way, um, that might make it a little bit more watchable if that ends up being the final render. But I'm hoping that's just an early trailer. Although I'm a little, um, as as a, a woman who gets offended about things like this, I feel like maybe it's a little annoying considering every time we would see an Avengers trailer or a Hulk trailer, the CGI, I know it's a movie, it's a different situation, but they have the budget. The CGI immediately was, was done well or done well enough that you can get a, an idea for their first trailers of what it was going to look like. But we get a TV show and they just don't seem to care enough about what they're putting out. Well, here's the sad part. Hulk still looks good. <laughs> Yeah. in the trailer like he in looks like he's rendered fine he looks like he's rendered directly from the movies it's just her render that's terrible so yeah i don't blame you for being mad because that's bullshit she looks like a comic book character in she does. a not pleasant way yeah yeah so i agree 100 percent. the the trailer itself i'm gonna back up a quick second here uh and actually eric i'm gonna put you on mute here for a little bit because i can hear myself talking um i don't know a ton about she hulk the little bit that I know about She-Hulk uh, came from some of the animated stuff that I've seen on TV uh, and some like cameo-type appearances in other books. And the way that I've always seen her portrayed was, A, she was always She-Hulk. She never turns back into... Is it Jennifer Walters? Is that what her name is? Um, she's always She-Hulk. And they've always made her very... Um, I don't want to say funny in the sense that she's silly, but very uh, quirky and snippy and, you know, so she's a little bit more on the humorous side. And that's my understanding is this is a comedy. Yes. So I feel like they caught they, they, they caught that in the show. Well, in the trailer anyway, they make it look like it's going to be a funny show. Uh, but A, it looks like she is going back between being She-Hulk and Jennifer Walters or whatever her name is. Um, so that's a little weird. And yeah, the CG, I'm wondering if it's the reason why it doesn't look right. And, and we were starting to have that discussion a little bit earlier, Jeff is the face. I feel like because the face animation looks so off, it makes everything else look off. But Maybe. with Hulk, they've been animating his face for 15 years. So they know how to animate his face, specifically Mark Ruffalo's face. They've been animated now for what is it, eight years, ten years they've been animating Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk? So mm -hmm. I feel like if they're using like a deep fake style technology, to because when you look at the Hulk, it is Mark Ruffalo. Right. I don't know that it's her. Like when you're looking at the CG, it doesn't really quite look like her yet. So it doesn't feel like they have the face worked out quite yet. Maybe. So I'm hoping that will get better by the time the show airs. My concern is with CG being so expensive... And with Mark Ruffalo basically coming out one day saying, we're not going to get a Hulk TV show. It's going to be too expensive to have the Hulk in CG in every episode. Are they cheaping out on the CG just to make it affordable to make a show? That's my concern. So Loki Quinn is saying, I read some of the comics when I was younger and she did switch between She-Hulk and Jennifer. Okay, see, so I didn't realize that. I've always only seen her as She-Hulk. Yeah. Nope, that's fair. There have been times where that's happened... It's even happened in the movies now, too, but there have been times where that's happened with Banner as well, right? Like, he'll get stuck as Hulk for years right. in the comics before right. he gets back to being both or whatever, so... 
I also have, I, I, I was watching somebody else's review yesterday of the trailer. He made a good point. Uh, She-Hulk was kind of created to mirror Hulk. He was the Hulk smash. She was the lawyer. Right. You know, he was the out of control monster. She was, I'm going to do this classy, right? But now with Professor Hulk being Professor Hulk, well, it kind of defeats her purpose a little bit. You know what I mean? It kind of dilutes her character a little bit. Maybe this will be the tool uh, used to revert Hulk back to being Hulk Smash. Maybe I kind of hope so. I, I kind of hope so. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of done with the whole Professor Hulk thing myself. But uh, Erica, I believe you can unmute yourself whenever you want. Even though I muted you, I'm pretty sure you can click the mute button and unmute yourself. There oh you yeah, go. I yeah. Can. I just—I'll okay. be honest. I you're saying all the points I was going to make anyway. Ah, well, there you go. I hope that this is what gets us back to a human banner for a little while, or the switch back and forth between. Mm -hmm. um, and I am also afraid that they are cheaping out on it in order to create this TV show, especially given how much they've proved their budget um, in the last year. So. Hang on, but the post-credit scene in Shang Chi—he's back to Banner. He is with a sling. So does this happen before Shang Chi? They don't define a timeline, I don't believe yet in they didn't. this trailer anyway. I don't uh, know if they've confirmed one yet at all. What but, if uh, this I'm all happened? Yeah, you what if this would be like pre blip? Pre blip. That'd it's like in the weird, five year period between Well, we have nothing in that period. Right. Actually that's not true. Uh would the when did Hawk it was Hawkeye post blip? I didn't watch it. Walk well, Hawkeye was post blip. Well, it starts yes. before and it, it anyway, it's post blip. Because Yelena's Dr. back. Dr. Oh. Hulk mashup, I believe, is, is post blip as well, or I, I believe. Well, Professor. the Professor, Professor Hulk thing happens when Endgame starts, he's already Professor Hulk. So when they bring everybody back, he's he's already yeah. Professor Hulk. So it has to be before Endgame. Right, but, but Endgame starts post blip, right? Doesn't it? No. No, the the blip happens. You're you're talking about the snap. The blip is when they come back. They come yeah, back at the end of Endgame. Oh, sorry. Yes. Right. Yes. I was thinking snap. Yeah. Yeah. You're thinking the snap where everybody disappears. No, it wouldn't be. It would be in that five year time span between right, right. the two, which would be cool. I would be up for that. Right. Uh. Yeah, I would totally be up for that. Hawkeye was post end game. Yes. Okay. I didn't uh, know that, yeah. Yes. Uh, Loki Quinn said, uh, <laughs> "We need a chart, man, legend hero." Oh, Nick's like, "We need a chart." Yeah, we need a chart to know. Uh, like, right now, it's it's becoming confusing. What's where? I don't know uh, whose idea it was to jump the whole timeline five years ahead. It's just such 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 a dumb idea. Yeah. What's funny is in the book series, because I haven't watched the whole the whole of the TV series, and I know we're going off topic, and I apologize, but Game of Thrones. In the book series, that's what George R.R. Martin was going to do in the books. He was going to leap ahead five years so that the kids could get older without him having to detail all that. And he got halfway through writing the next book with his five-year jump and realized he couldn't make it work because there would be mm. so many flashbacks. and The timeline was all messed up, so he scrapped the whole thing and started over again. And that's when we got Dance with Dragons, and that's why that took like 11 years to produce or whatever. And I'm wondering if the same kind of thing is happening now, whereas if they don't explicitly say, hey, this is happening pre or post, we don't know. Like Moon yeah. Knight. When does Moon Knight take place? Is it pre? Is it post? Is it during? 
Is there well, a reason why these events are happening and nobody else shows up to help or? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, you get two big Egyptian gods fighting over pyramids and yeah and nobody and no avenger shows right. up yeah you know so i don't know um maybe they're too busy brooding and making sandwiches i don't know yeah i it, it's hard to say i mean it, maybe that's going to be part of of the whole deal right maybe they're purposely not telling us when maybe. moon night is happening because it might tie into something else later all right i feel like we should go back on topic with movies yes so yes jeff your turn asked, no, I want Erica to go next because you okay. said Back to the Future. So let's get uh, the millennial yeah. in here to give us her thoughts. I think that's problematic. Oh, problematic because a lot of the movies I'm going to bring up are movies that are older and probably influential for you guys too. <laughs> uh, well, that's okay. The the Caddyshack shirt. That's that was one a big influence for me. Um, Jeff and I have bonded over that movie in particular. I think is maybe the main reason we're friends. Um, but if I think about the number one, just to get it off the table, uh, Grease was the first movie I remember watching. Yes. Probably the movie I've watched more times than anything else. Um, and I have deep like memories and, and associations tied to that movie. And it's shaped a lot of my my decisions in, in terms of fashion and, and life, etc. Funny enough, I, I went to a, a Star Trek convention in Toronto years and years and years ago. I was there working the dealer room. I was selling computer software, and Jeff Conway was there. And he was there because he was on a sci-fi show at the time called Babylon 5, and he had like a recurring you know, guest star role on that. But every single person that was there was there to talk to him about Grease. They had albums for him to sign. They had movies for him to like everything was Grease, 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 Grease. It was so funny that he kept on wanting to talk about the show he was on and no one would let him because only people wanted to talk about Grease. I don't remember his character's name on the on the Who was this? In Greece? Jeff yeah. no, it was Nikki. Nikki. Kinnicky, so. sorry, with the oh, with Kinnicky. a K. Yeah, it was the same thing when John Travolta came to Fan Expo for the last Fan Expo. Um, he was there promoting the series that he was in where he was playing, I think, a, an obsessed stalker or something like that. He he was committed. He shaved his head for the role and everything. Oh, um, yeah, I remember that. Everyone in line with me was there with either a face-off DVD for some reason or with a Grease uh, <laughs> uh, DVD. I was there with my Travolta Fever album to get nice. signed, so it was a little different, but same era as Grease because nobody Isn't wanted that... to talk about it. Isn't that when you had your badass Sif costume and nobody got to see it because you spent eight hours in line waiting to talk to I spent eight hours, <laughs> eight hours in line. They weren't going to refund. It was the last day of the convention. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to get that autograph. So I waited for, yeah, eight hours straight in my a shame. Sif costume that I spent 30 yep. hours. In. I was just going to say, I still have never seen it on you. I've only seen pictures. I'm like, that's really badass. Why didn't anybody see her in that? Turns out that's why nobody saw you in that. Except for people me. that were in the John Travolta lineup, they all saw you in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. People came by to, to bring me rations and, and tell me of the things that were happening throughout <laughs> right. the day. All these yeah. fun things that you're not getting to do. Yeah, Alex Farfoy yeah. came to wait with me, keep me company periodically in shifts. It was, nice. Yeah. Nice. Everybody takes turns. Everybody wants to talk about grace. Yeah. No, that's cool. Uh, Loki Queen Cosplay says, me too, Erica. Love Grease. Uh, Jennifer says, yes, movie musicals are amazing. Well, some of them. There's our friend Tim, Black Captain Kirk. How are you doing, Tim? Uh, Erica, I have to ask. When I was doing my research for our uh, conspiracy episodes, conspiracy theory episode oh, a few Jesus weeks ago, wept. I came across a Grease conspiracy theory that says that the whole movie is Sandy's flashing before her eyes as she's drowning in the water. 
they're dying. And that yeah. as she's drowning at the beginning of the movie, she never actually gets out. And her flying off in the car at the end into the clouds with John Travolta is her actually dying. Do you believe in that conspiracy theory at all? So I've heard that one, and I'm pretty sure the main point of basis that everybody uses is the fact that the car flies away at the end of the movie into mm-hmm. the sky, and therefore it can't be real. Except I would like to point out that earlier in the movie, uh, we have a scene entirely unrelated to Sandy where Frenchie gets sung to by a literal angel with a bunch of uh, hair goddesses around them, and that is something that would be entirely fantastical because I think if it were supposed to be about her, you know, um, on her way towards death, the entire movie would be centered around her perspective and things that are happening to her. And we have multiple scenes that don't involve her at all, including some really weird and fantastical stuff too. So to the theory, let a movie be a movie. It's just fun. (laughs) There's 35 year olds playing high school students, man. I don't know what else you want from me. You can't. Yeah. That's not weird at all. eh? A bunch of like grown men and women playing high school kids. Yeah. Uh, Chibi Barra has joined us. Maxi Cosplay has joined us. Hello, hello, everybody. So a real quick fun aside fact about Jeff Conway is that um, in all of the previous Grease uh, stage musicals, which uh, had been done for a couple of years leading up to the movie uh, making, Jeff Conway played Danny Zuko in all of the the Broadway productions. I believe Broadway productions of it or off-Broadway anyway. Um, And so he auditioned, I think he auditioned for the role like two times and he just wouldn't get cast in the movie because they really, really wanted John Travolta. Like he was this close, but they were determined because of Saturday Night Fever. So he got ousted down to Kanicki, down to his, uh, be his second um, in that role. And I found that really sad and funny. Well, and the funny part too was at that convention, all of the celebrity guests that were all Star Trek, Babylon 5 or whatever, when it was time for their Q&A or their panel talk, they would just answer questions about the show or whatever. He got up on stage with a guitar and did like a 30-minute set of just a did bunch he really? of cool last songs. He did, yeah. So this is before all of his issues with the pain medication and everything else. This is like, oh my God, in the 90s, it would have been that I would have been there. So oh. like the late 90s, maybe early 2000s, before kids anyway. So yeah, dude. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was it was interesting. He he did the only thing he didn't like was flash photography. He didn't want anybody taking flash photography. So everybody's pictures came out kind of dim and dark when they were with him. But other than that, yeah, he was super nice. He was super cool. I got a chance to talk talk to him a couple of times. He came down to the dealer room and we chatted with him when we were down there. So yeah, seemed like a really cool dude. So it's a shame what yeah. uh, what happened. Yeah. I feel like a lot of celebrities, especially back in those days, had issues with flash photography. Mm. Uh, when Coke was rampant, people didn't like flash photography. I mean, Let's put fair. it that way. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Jeff. Um, the obvious one, which we've talked about before, uh, I'm not going to pick. I'm going to pick the other one. So I don't know if you remember, JS, did you guys have um, First Choice and Super Channel out in Quebec? Do you remember the the, the pay TV stations that came out? So we did. Uh, Super Channel, uh, you could only get it if you were on Bell, but yes, I remember. Yeah. So laughably so for our american friends anybody that's watching up here in canada we don't get any we don't really get any free channels per se you might get one or two over an aerial or antenna but we have to pay for any of our tvs but they had an upper tier of channels called pay tv this is such a stupid euphemism 
And you could, if you knew the right people, get yourself a gray market box or what we just called a cheater box back in the day where you could access these pay channels for free. And when that happened, there were two movies that were playing pretty much constantly on first choice at the time. One of them was Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, which is mm -hmm. why I'm a massive Trekkie today. The other one is probably the single most influential film that I've ever seen, which is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That movie for me was yeah. so transformative. My yeah. best friend at the time, Alan, looked exactly like Cameron, looked exactly like Alan Ruck, tall, thin, long face, wore hockey jerseys. Did he like, have a Ferrari 255 dude, he California? Did not. He did 250 no. GT. No, he did not, unfortunately. Oh, it wasn't a California? It was a GT? Yeah. I forget. It was now. 250 oh, yeah. GT California, is what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you're right. Um, yeah, just that, that movie, like all, like, and The Breakfast Club, I could lump in there too, like any of his films uh are all fantastic but for me ferris bueller's day off really hit me and spoke to me on so many different levels i mean no dude our age that watched that movie didn't want to be ferris yeah it's there's a band called save fair like that movie hit everybody like a ton of bricks and uh and it will forever be in my heart it's one of those ones i call it up at least once a month to watch it i can quote it verbatim I and it's perfect. And the soundtrack is good. Like everything about that, everybody's performances are awesome. It's so quirky, but still like not forcibly so. Like mm -hmm. everything seems so. Uh, it's John Hughes, man. Like it's like it's it's peak peak John Hughes. Like it's the best. That and the Breakfast Club for me are the two absolute best. They're I think they're the most guy of the of the ones as well. Weird Science you could probably throw in there too. Although even he didn't wasn't a big fan of Weird Science, but. Man, Ferris. Weird Science was another one I loved. I loved it too. He yeah. he he was like it was pretty silly and, and pretty dumb, like Hughes himself. But I I also loved Weird Science. But hello, Marianne. How are you? We're talking uh, movies today. Marianne's joined us. Movies that were influential on our in our in our little youthful minds. I should have worn my Save Ferris T-shirt. You I? absolutely oh, should have. Yeah. That was yeah, another Ferris. one where my parents had the soundtrack um, and the, the DVD and the VHS, I think, as well. So it was a frequent watch, too. Uh, that was probably my most watched John Hughes movie, I think, of all of them. I mean, I love them all. I'm, I'm also a, just a fan of the recurring cast of the same people in all the movies. But so you know, that, that one has some difference. Like, it doesn't have as many repeats, which is nice. And it has a different feeling than all the rest of them. I agree. Yeah, Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles for me, like a lot of the times I mix the two of them up because it's a lot of the same people doing the same thing. So, but uh, yeah, Ferris kind of stands on its own. And and to be fair, Weird Science does too because it's so <laughs> weird. Weird. Uh, Jennifer uh, is saying as a female, it was fried green tomatoes and a league of their own for me. The start of seeing strong women on screen for me. Hey man, I loved a league of their own. Like that's such that was a, a great fantastic movie. movie, top to bottom. She's going to hate um, you. I don't, I don't remember fried Greek tomatoes. Yeah, she is going to hate that you. That's, one your, about? That's, that's your girlfriend. You should probably... Uh, What's that one about? Do you remember? I don't know. It's very important to your your lady friend there. Yeah, you I'm going to look it up right now. Yes, Hypergate yeah. saying, I have the Rona, but otherwise I'm swell. Nostalgia films. Oh, no. Best. How are you all? Miley says, hi, Grumpa Jeff. Hello, Miley. Yes, we're just talking about films that were influential to us. Uh, JS brought up uh, Back to the Future. For Eric, it was Grease. And for me so far, it was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And mm. I believe it's uh, JS's turn again to uh, to throw another movie out there for all us to gush over or hate, depending on what he says. Yeah, so I, 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 I kind of wanted to go to Star Trek after Star Wars. Um, you've alluded to that. I feel like Star Trek is another one of those that is kind of a de facto nerd film. Uh, 
but Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters series, I, I still watch them regularly. Both one and two, and now Afterlife. It's going to get added to my regular Ghostbusters rotation. Uh, it was also announced two weeks ago at CinemaCon oh, that Afterlife is getting a sequel. Uh, so that's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see where they go from there because it was so good. Um, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters came in an era that I was not a big fan of SNL. So when that cast came out, I, I, I was I was too young to get it. And then I saw the movie and then I got it. Um, it. It. I don't even know how to explain it. Ghostbusters is one of those movies that I can almost recite line for line. It's a movie that has stuck with me my whole life from how funny it was to the chemistry in the cast to the stories from behind, you know, uh, 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 behind the cameras to, you know, the video game that came out many, many years ago. Uh, Ghostbusters in general, the franchise in general, I think for me, it's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. I'm going to watch that movie over and over again, especially the first one till I die. It's timeless. It's timeless. Yeah. No question. Uh, Mike, Michael saying all the way may uh, Loki Quinn said, can't buy me love. Shibi mm-hmm. Barra saying we watched Ace Ventura when nature calls a lot. And then Loki saying John Hughes is a legend. You are not wrong. Yeah, Ghostbusters, dude. It's time. I, in fact, I think one of the movie days we had, Erica, I think Ghostbusters, I think we watched it, did we not? We did. We did. Uh, it was a Bill Murray marathon, actually. And it oh, ended with, uh, with Ghostbusters. Yeah, can't go wrong, man. So good. Did you watch Scrooge? Yes. And uh, another... oh, sorry, we didn't watch the marathon. I, I don't know. Oh. Not for the marathon. You're having a Bill Murray marathon and you're not watching Scrooge? Come on now. It's one of his best movies. Well, next to I Ghostbusters. Mean, I, I would argue otherwise, but I Well, I know you're a Caddyshack fan, so you know, it is what it is. Caddy we got we got in Caddyshack, we got in um uh, Ghostbusters and we got in Meatballs. So that's 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 if you find me a better Bill Murray triumvirate, I'll fight you cuz there enough. isn't one. I have a lot of time before the show, so popped in to say hello. Yes, Michael will not be joining us this evening, he said, because he's got a concert to go to, and there he is joining us anyways. You ah, can't stay away. Very cool. Well, I hope you enjoy your concert. Uh, what's he seeing? I don't know. I didn't ask because I'm a shit friend. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Erica, what's next on your list? Uh, well, we already just uh, covered it. Your discussion of Ghostbusters brought in what I would have otherwise brought up. Um, Caddyshack and Meatballs are inseparable in my mind because when I was watching one, I was watching both. Mm. Um, that was a big bonding point for my dad and I. Uh, we both really appreciated uh, Bill Murray's humor. Humor. So I think that's the law. Anything, I think that's I think that's contractual. I think you have to watch them both. I don't think you're allowed to just watch one and not the other. No, no, it feels incorrect to do it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically anything that came out with Bill Murray in it was a pretty good speaking point for the two of us, but those two are intertwined for me. It's just such overlapping humor, and there's something so um, warm about, like, the 70s and 80s summer movies specifically. It's nothing about that is not a feel-good situation, even though some of the stuff hasn't aged as well as a lot of these movies are like. It doesn't matter because the movie on a whole is just so... Uh, it's, it's happy memories. They're happy memories. They're ridiculous. They're quotable. They've got a ton of uh, like behind the scenes stories, which is really fun. 
documentaries on documentaries. It's, it's those two are next and we've already gone over for good reasons. Yeah. Eric and I chat over uh, MSN Messenger and, and you can set your name. And so my name is Ty's Massage Oil and her name is Spalding's Booger because when she says we bonded over Caddyshack, we've literally bonded over nothing else, but we definitely bonded over Caddyshack. That's 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 the bridge that connects us. Yeah. So good. It's the only glue in our friendship. That's correct. <laughs> uh, Jennifer's asking, speaking of Christmas, what's everyone's favorite Xmas movie that is not Die Hard? Can I go immediately with my, yes. my next uh, classic uh, yes. um, is Christmas Vacation, which is, again, one of the only things that holds Jeff and I together as friends. <laughs> I think that one's a given, though, because Chevy Chase and Bill Murray, while they hate each other, have humor that works really well together. So when you're talking about Caddyshack, you then naturally move into Chevy Chase. So Absolutely. Christmas Vacation, all-time favorite Christmas movie. Yep. Jeff, same. Chat over MSN. What years is it? Messenger. MS. Shut up. Okay, I'm old. Fuck off. I didn't say ICQ. But like, come on. <laughs> um, favorite Christmas movie? Shit. Um, well, your your girlfriend's at the boss of me, so it's still Die Hard. Kiss my ass. Sorry, man. Fair enough. Still Fair Die enough. Hard. Yeah. I uh, Die Hard's definitely at the top for me. Um, but three or four years ago, maybe five years ago now. No, longer than that. In the last decade, there's a new Christmas horror horror movie that came out called Krampus. And uh, it's a horror comedy, you know, in the same vein as the Gremlins, let's say. Uh, and I fucking love it. I watch it every Christmas. Um, definitely my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, Jennifer says Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. I will die on that hill. Well, yeah. you know. Miley also says Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Well, you, it is a Christmas you, movie. You ladies are allowed to be wrong. That's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. If a wrong. movie ends to a Christmas song, a Christmas carol, uh, it does. it's a Christmas movie. Well, the weather outside is frightful. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Uh, Corey J. Carter says Krampus is fantastic. It is. That firefight with the gingerbread cookies in the kitchen. I mean... I don't know that I've ever laughed so hard than when I was sitting in the theaters watching that movie for the first time. That was fantastic. Nice. I watched it for the uh, first Jeff. time last year, actually. Sorry? Uh, or not but last Christmas. The Christmas before was the first time I'd watched uh, it. I was, I've always been really into the concept of horror movies, but I am highly susceptible to uh, to, the, to the movie tricks, so soundtracks and things like that. They, I, I know what's happening. I know what they're doing, uh, but it works. It works really well. And so because of that, as much as I like horror genre, I, it's been hard for me to watch, uh, especially on my own. So I have been slowly re-immersing myself in classic ones that I should have already seen by now. And so Krampus and a couple other Christmas-related ones were on the docket two Christmases ago. And you're right, the gingerbread scene, I, I'm bowled over. It's perfect. Nice. Uh, so if there was a Sunday and you were watching TV... Yeah, you probably saw it almost every Sunday, and I would watch it every time it comes on, and I've watched it so many times since then. But the hunt for Red October, yeah, I don't even I hate boats. <laughs> I don't even like being on the water, but that movie, ugh, mm -hmm. I get goosebumps just thinking about scenes from that film. It's peak, peak Alec Baldwin. It's peak Sean Connery. With by the way, little trivia fact: fifty thousand dollar to pay on that man's head for that film. It's $50, real thousand dollars to pay. to pay for the hairpiece for that for that particular film. 
Wow. Uh, just a Sam Neill, like just a, just a, an amazingly casted film, Scott Glenn, like everybody's so, so good. The tensions ramped up so well. And it's just, and it's, and again, it's unabashedly a, just a dude movie. Like, I don't even know if that movie gets made today. It's very, it's a, it's a guy's guy kind of movie. And it, and it spoke to me in my youth for sure. And even now uh, it's one of those same thing. Like every few months I got to throw it on and just relive it. And I still get goosebumps at all the same spots and absolutely adore it. So it's funny That's that in $1,000 toupee, I can't fathom how <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up later. I've got to know how you even achieve a price point like that. I, I would assume yeah, it's, it's probably hairs from the, a child's head. Individually that was, checked. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. God, we're shit people. It's funny that with the amount of Jack Ryan movies that we've had over the years, Alec Baldwin was only in the one. Yep. Uh, I think Harrison Ford's the only one that was in two. He was in three, three of them. Wasn't he in three? He was in Clear and Present Danger. He was yeah. in Patriot, Patriot Games. Games. I think and it was he just was those two. in because the Sum of All Fears was like almost like a prequel because that had uh, Sum of All Fears is a prequel. Like ben, ben, ben Affleck with Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck. Right, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, and then the Shadow, the Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, that was Chris Pine. That was Chris Pine. Yeah, I think oh, Harrison Ford only did the two. And now they have the TV show that's got John, uh, John Krasinski. John Krasinski plays a great Jack Ryan. On the TV show. Yeah, I haven't He's watched He's way true to Jack Ryan from the books. I've read a lot of the Tom Clancy, oh, Jack Ryan okay. books. Okay. He's way, way truer to the character of Jack Ryan than anybody else has ever been. Although Harrison right, Ford was very close. Jack Ryan was never a Chris Spine super spy. He was an analyst. He was a nerd. Right. Yeah. right? So well, I think Alec Baldwin does it because he keeps reminding people of that as he's getting himself deeper and deeper into this horrible situation that he's finding himself in because they keep sending him out because he's just an analyst and he's expendable. And, and, and but he has his theory. He wants to defect and then he'll you know go to the wall for that theory. But yeah, definitely angry Alec Baldwin, which is my, my mm -hmm. favorite Alec Baldwin for sure. So. In the same vein, I got on my list here, and I'm not going in order anymore because you guys are taking me through different streams of thought, but Top Gun. Top Gun is another one of those movies that I've seen a hundred times. Uh, what was your call sign? What was when you? Because all, all the guys assigned themselves call signs. So what was your uh, call listen, sign? I wanted to be Maverick. It's that oh, simple. I mean, Tom Cruise made me made me want to be Maverick. Um, I have not seen. I have not seen. Well, listen, I've been six one since I'm thirteen years old, so I'm you just know. asking questions. Uh, but yeah, I haven't seen the new top top uh, Top Gun. I think it is out it's, now. It came out last week or two weeks ago. It's reviewing really well. Apparently it's really good. Uh but the old Top Gun, yeah, that was again one of those like you say, it's a war it's a war movie, but it, it's a feel good story, right? At the end it's like woo. You know, and gets the girl, and he's the guy, you know, and uh, he doesn't get the, he's not the winner, but, you know, um, it, it still has that feel good. Hey, you know, he's, he did what he uh, set out to accomplish. I, I, I loved it. Yeah. Tim saying Axel Foley made me want to be a wisecracking undercover cop. So Beverly Hills cop, for those of yeah. you that uh, don't know who Axel Foley is. Uh, Top Gun so was great. No one looks good to, new one looks good to. Top Gun trailer for the new Top Gun? I've only seen the trailers so far. 
Same. So I, I wonder what your thoughts are on the trailer, not having not seen the movie. It's hard, man. Like I know Miles Teller is playing Goose's son. So, and that's the, the point of conflict. Um, and I know Why? they essentially, well, because he blames. Oh, Maverick yes. Okay. Sorry. I thought death, for right? you, yeah, yeah. that was a point of conflict. Oh, sorry. no, 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 no. No, I'm fine with sorry. Miles Teller. I'm fine with him, you know, essentially making it a, a real life sequel and, and, and having the intervening years. So I'm glad that they didn't try to make it a soft reboot or like an alternate whatever. It's just like, yeah, this is the exact same people 30 years later. I would never have thought in a million years you could make it work. I mean, the trailer looks okay. I didn't have any desire to run right out and see it, but now that it's everyone saying it's great, I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a go. What about you guys? What did you think when you saw the trailer? I uh, I, I think this is the proper way to do a sequel and introduce a new cast. And it's not by saying, oh, the old cast are idiots and they're chumps and they're screw-ups and look at these bright new kids. No. They're actually bringing him to be the instructor now. He's the one that has to take them under his wing and, and you know, do it properly. And I don't know. To me, this looks like a proper sequel, uh, the kind of sequel you would want to see 20 years after. Uh, but it's like you say, it's always hard to say, right? You're getting just two minutes, not even, of, of little bits and glimpses that they want to show you. So... The story really could be completely different than what they're showing us. I do have faith in the fact that the reviews are really good. Everybody seems to mm. think it's amazing. So, what about yeah. you, Erica? Having seen or seeing some reviews and having you talk about the reviews, that makes me a lot more willing to see it. Because I'll be honest, when I saw the trailer um, in theaters, I saw the theatrical trailer first, and it was like the premiere trailer, etc. Um, I hated the trailer <laughs> because oh, really, it eh? was one of the worst produced not to speak to the movie itself but as far as producing a trailer goes it might be one of the worst produced trailers i've seen in a very long time in that it was what felt like and i didn't time it but it might have been the theatrical one might have been almost four minutes maybe more of really just highlight scenes from the movie and it was nothing of plot line nothing of value i don't even know if they conveyed in the theatrical trailer that uh, Miles Teller was playing Goose's son. I'm not even sure that part was made clear at all. It was just that oh. here's Tom Cruise. He's an instructor. And here's a bunch of people doing push-ups. Here's a bunch of people looking happy. Here's a bunch of people in and out of uh, cockpits. There was absolutely no plot points given. It was just glory shots for a very long time um, to the soundtrack. And it was, I got bored <laughs> watching it. It was actually kind That's of fair. boring. I was just wait, sitting there waiting, waiting for my movie. Um, but the reviews are now more promising and now I am curious and I think I would be willing to do it. It just, it, it stuck out in my mind as being like, normally I don't remember what movie trailers I saw before a movie, but that one, it lives there rent free <laughs> for how long it was mm -hmm. or how it's it a, felt so long. It's, I feel like it's a subtle science because we've all seen those trailers too, that basically just give you the entire plot of the movie front to back. And you're like, well, what the, what do I got to go see it for? It's just the nuances now. Like you, why would you tell me the whole story in a trailer? But now this is the opposite side of the things. Like, guys, we're not going to give you anything but glory shots for four minutes. I think they're riding the, riding the high of Top Gun being a cult-ish favorite in that. Yeah, Probably. it was just glory shots. And, and there yeah. wasn't enough. There had to be a balance. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like they should have been able to come up with one. But there, there wasn't enough, I don't think. But it looks beautifully uh, filmed because of it. 
Yeah, I haven't seen the theatrical trailer. I only saw like the minute and a half, two minute trailer that that went out on YouTube or whatnot. Mm-hmm. There was also a, a like a behind the scenes interview with the cast, and a lot of them were actually in planes. Yeah, I know Tom Cruise filming for those sure. scenes. Tom Cruise mm-hmm. was in a fighter jet filming those scenes. That's why it looks so real because it's real. They're in well, there, you know. Because he's a maniac. That's, well, he that's is why. a maniac. Um, so uh, I don't Tim know. Was, Tim was saying Commando made me want to be a soldier, an unstoppable soldier. It's it's a very silly popcorn film, but I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was a film of its time for sure. Yeah, new Top Gun has times. decent reviews. The trailer looks cool. Like the action will bring us back to those cool and unique dogfighting scenes. Agrees. Who cares about the story? <laughs> Uh, where's Kenny well, Loggins? Kenny, you know where Kenny Loggins is. He's in the danger zone. <laughs> um, that's how I feel about the Avatar trailer. Is what Loki was saying. Yeah, I, I did. I did see Avatar trailer, and it's same thing. It didn't really push my yeah. buttons. I was like, I don't know what I don't know what we're doing with yeah. this. I didn't know. I don't even know if this is necessary. Like, I know I saw the trailer, but if you asked me to tell you about a single thing in the trailer, I don't think I could. I'm pretty sure <laughs> there's blue people. Yeah, there's yeah I'm people, not even sure 100%. if this is related to the first one at all. Well, it's definitely got the same peep, like the Jake or whatever, and the the Navi girl. Like those. Does it? The are they yeah. the same people in the trailer? I, yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, okay. Well, I don't. I, I don't I, want to sound racist. Not like all the blue people look the same, but I mean, it's what? like you know, they. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> it's. The, I I, I know um um who played the the blue lady um. Zoe Saldana, she's very, very yeah. busy. But the other dude, uh, I don't think he's got a whole lot on the go. So I'm pretty sure they would, they'd be able to get him back for. Yeah, Tim says Avatar is too late. Like, who cares? Just an action and cool yeah. effects. Missed the boat on the fan hype. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's 20 years too late. They're signed for Agreed. five movies is part of the issue, I think. They shot two and three congruently, I believe. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. And I, I heard think that. Yeah. part of why they might have done that is for production costs and, and the simplicity of it but also so that they were basically guaranteed to have at least have two and three done in case they perform poorly um like talking about movies that shaped us like seeing the first avatar as the first real d 3d movie mm-hmm. um i'll be honest had the the plot did absolutely nothing for me it was a movie i've seen a million times but the technology which is what made it one of the best-selling movies in the world um, was amazing. I, I distinctly remember that. I was in the back row of a tiny theater in Cambridge, but it didn't matter. It was so cool. It was so um, crazy. I, I don't think they can rely on their storylines for these ones as much as they want. And people are over 3D movies now, I think, to a degree. Um, There's got to be I that level of spectacle. Movie. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Titanic was the same way. We all know how it's going to end. Everybody knows the boat hits the iceberg and cracks in half and falls and sinks. Mm. But seeing that happen and the way they were able to pull that off technologically was why that movie made $2 billion at the theater back in whenever that came out, right? Because we had to see that. Did you see anything in that trailer that you're like, I have to see that? No. 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 It's a Pocahontas story, but uh, new. First one was. Yeah. Yeah. Whose turn is it? JS, I think it's you. Uh, no, I just brought up Top Gun, didn't I? Oh, no, Erica brought up, uh, Avatar. Uh, Jeff, it's your turn. There you go. I've got two that I'm, okay, I have to, I have to go with the Matrix, because, again, same thing. If you had asked me before this whole thing started what your all-time favorite movie is, I would probably say the Matrix. 
even though I wasn't into cyberpunk and I wasn't into really? goth, I wasn't into any of that. Just again, talk about, do you know what the best part about the matrix was that I feel like the sequels and the new reboot or whatever got wrong is you didn't know Quentin Tarantino. We even talked about this. You didn't know what in the fuck the matrix was even going into that film. Like they gave you enough cool scenery and action shots and badass outfits and beautiful people to draw you to the theater. But the tagline for, do you remember what the tagline for the movie was? I don't. What is, what is the matrix? That's literally what they had for the tagline. They didn't give you really anything to let you know what it was, but they intrigued you enough that you had to go there to the theater to see what it was. And once you saw it, dude, that movie was, and talk about an influential movie on Hollywood. How many copycat films came out to mimic that style and that look Mm -hmm. and the color bleed and then bullet time and the action sequences, the wire work and the slow, like everything that film did to influence movies for decades the, the movie's still coming out that look like the matrix like it's bananas how influential that movie was and how impactful that was in hollywood but just me in 1999 watching that film at the tender age of we won't go into that that yeah probably all time that's cool. bullet time too so yeah, yeah. you're right when they, when they you say things came out after it, it literally did so that was uh fascinating to me even some of the cg work like when they use the bullet time there's a particular scene where uh they're down in the subways and smith and neo are flying at each other and again this is 1999 the entire scene is rendered the entire environment is all cg way back then and you i Mm -hmm. defy you if you watch that movie in 1999 to tell me that that particular scene that whole scene was cgi it looked dope it looked so good uh, I think it will forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got uh, Rob online here. It says my man, Matrix is number one. Rob's a big Hell Matrix yes. fan as well. As well. Hell yes. Uh, Mike is saying, channel your inner goth, Jeff. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stick with Beardy Lumberjack for now. Loki Queen cosplay says, I saw the Matrix in theaters so many times. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying, I think, that Matrix kind of revolutionized movie making when it came to how you film and how you present an action movie. Uh, God, I mean, it spawned video games based on the whole bullet time thing. It, it, it really was something completely different that we had never seen um, that I thought we were going to get with this new one, right? But this new one was going to do that again for us. Give us something we had never seen before. Alas, it wasn't to be. It was just another friggin' cheaply made reboot. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, Tim is saying the first Raimi Spider-Man. Uh, right up there, Mind Blower. Uh, mm-hmm. Had to own it ASAP. Absolutely. The first Jurassic Park. The first Jurassic Park is, is probably the, the, the best made film I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, uh, when, the, when you first saying, get that scene of the dinosaurs, it's like, oh my gosh. And just like, the scene made way, dinosaurs look real. Yeah, the interactive the CG along with the live action stuff and just the mm-hmm. way they ugh, I mean, my goodness. I still go back and watch the lobby scene like every once every few weeks. Yeah. Uh, the Matrix was my first DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Just just a fantastic and I mean probably miserably failed the Bechtel test, but still you you got even in nineteen ninety nine a strong female character that at the time as far as action movies go. Mm-hmm. you didn't really get a whole lot of right like everything that spawned after it you got some copycats but trinity in that film carrie ann moss just wrecked and did it so well and yet still maintain her femininity and still like 
yeah, just uh, just a just a fantastic movie all the way around. Hmm. Anyways, next, <laughs> Erica. Never should have made sequels of the Matrix. Yeah, I agree. I loved Reloaded. I get everybody's problems with Revolutions, but I still loved Reloaded. And Jen says the Little Mermaid was my first VHS. I'm trying to remember what my first my first VHS was actually Scrooged. Funny nice. enough. That was my first movie on VHS that I owned. Uh or was it The Abyss? Oh, I love The Abyss. It might have been The Abyss. I don't know which one came out first, Scrooge or The Abyss, but those were like my two early VHS movies that I owned. Oh, and the yes, The Abyss, so which is on my list. Might as well talk oh. about it right now. Oh my god. The Abyss was criminally underrated yeah it, it was one of those stories that you didn't know what you were getting into when you started watching and then by the end of the movie it's completely flipped it on its head for you uh amazing 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 movie and again same thing as far as revolutionary goes the the water tentacle that comes into the room and then shapes the faces of the people that it's seeing to nothing up until then had ever been even attempted like that before to have that level of detail on screen for a completely computer generated image. So that also had some revolutionary pieces. Now, mind you don't ever look at the behind the scenes of that film because James Cameron pushed those poor actors to the absolute limit. They hate him to this day for what he made them do on that film, especially the female lead in that movie. She won't, she won't even like be in the same room with James Cameron now after what he put her through on that film. So but yeah, I mean, are you kidding me? Fantastic movie. And yeah, like I said, criminally underrated too. Michael is saying his first beta was Star Wars and it cost him $80. Of course he had a beta. It's Michael. Of course it was a beta. Jeez Louise. Oh, you don't have Betamax. Like, I think he's God. our age. Is he? You didn't have a Betamax? No, I, we had a VHS. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, we never owned a Betamax. No. Well, my buddy had a <laughs> laser disc player. That was pretty dope. A buddy of mine had a laser disc player as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes, my friend. Big, big discs. Yeah, yeah. My friends of my parents uh, had had beta and laser discs, so I remember watching them there a couple of times. But they were like the tech savvy uh, friends, so mm -hmm. it never really made it in our house. We were a VHS family. So. Yeah. Yeah. We I were cannot too. tell you my first VHS because it predates me i'm sure it's probably something like uh teletubbies <laughs> or bananas and pajamas so i don't think it quite counts uh, <laughs> uh i'm not sure if i can tell you my first the DVD. fact that you say that teletubbies or bananas and pajamas or whatever uh predates you makes me feel very 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 old uh, erica very, very oh that old. doesn't pre sorry it doesn't predate me that might have been one of my first vhs because that was would have been what i would have been watching around the time. So, <laughs> vhs predates me uh is is the problem um and uh dvds almost um they came in around at a point where i wouldn't be able to remember my first dvd i don't think but i can tell you my first blu-ray uh it was cars <laughs> It was my first Blu-ray, and it was my first exposure to the concept of Blu-ray. I'd never seen it before, and I distinctly remember um, it was. I think it was the first Blu-ray bought brought into my house, and my my dad was a big tech guy, uh, was a non-believer um, of it. He didn't want to get a Blu-ray player because he didn't see the value in it. He didn't see the value in the DVDs. We thought, what could possibly be better than DVD? How could how could this improve? And I think we paused that movie maybe three or four times just to look at the detail on the screen nice. <laughs> because the difference between our car's dvd and our car's blu-ray was crazy 
I remember the first, I don't know if it was the first like VHS we had in the house, but I remember the first VHS movies I owned, like me personally, was a box set of the first five Star Trek films. It came in a specific box set. And, oh, 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 JS has got it. Get out on VHS. Look at this shit. Show me, man. I might start crying if you actually hold this up on camera because, okay, it was not that one. That one's cool. Nice. Oh, wait a second. No, this one's DVD. Sorry. I was just going to say. So Sorry, I have VHS. the VHS. Oh, the VHS box that is. Ah, sorry. The VHS box yeah. that is downstairs. Because it was like burgundy in color and it was only five. Six hadn't even come out yes. yet when they released that initially. So it was only up until the first five. And yeah, I watched yes. the holy shit out of those VHSs. And when you put the uh, when you put the cases together, it's the Enterprise. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that yeah. one downstairs on VHS. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Dope. Dope. Totally dope. I don't yes. know whose turn it is. I don't know. Whose turn is it now? Uh, uh, what was the last one we talked about? <laughs> we keep straying off. I have V on Laserdisc naturally, says Michael, of course. Uh, first VHS was TMNT1, or sorry, TMNT, I believe, says Rob. Mm -hmm. uh, the Japanese version with the pins. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The first medias, this is hilarious. And now with this physical media, just doesn't really, just not a whole lot of not going out there now we just buy digital licenses for stuff that the, the the content providers can just take away whenever they want it's fantastic yeah you just stream everything now right like what's yeah i mean i i'm gonna be honest i went straight from dvd to downloading right i i don't own a single blu-ray uh or hd dvd or any of that stuff i why just download them and that's that yeah, I've definitely got a lot of Blu-rays still, maybe rivaling as many DVDs as I have, because I ended up getting a um, Blu-ray DVD player for uh, Christmas one year or something like that. And I thought it was fascinating that I could play the both. So I held on to that. And then I remember going to the mall uh, after school as a teenager. And uh, because Blu-ray was so popular, Walmart and HMV and Sunrise Records would have all their like $5 DVD bins because they were clearing out all the older format. So I just loaded up on anything I was even remotely interested in seeing. Um, and I don't know if I'll ever get rid of them now because I didn't I was a late adopter to streaming and downloading. I, I never really downloaded, um, uh, partly because I never had the internet connection for it, and partly because I never wanted to risk um, a shared computer situation. I didn't, if I broke my computer, I couldn't fix it. Um, I, I was not. I did not have the wherewithal. So I, I, I passed until streaming was an option, and even then, I was late on streaming too. So I just missed. If it wasn't in a, if it wasn't available at HMB, I didn't see it for like a good seven to ten years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the, funny the, you mentioned that. Jennifer's just saying. I <laughs> mean, just go back to. I had to explain what a blockbuster was to my son. It was embarrassing. Um, a lot of people, unless it came out on DVD or VHS to go rent, they just didn't see it. Right. Still today, I know people that you know uh, they just don't watch movies. They watch whatever comes on TV now because they don't do the streaming or the downloading thing. I, I did that up until a couple of years ago. I had cable up until two years ago, and I loved just trolling around on cable um, to see what was playing because it was my favorite thing. Um, and that was the closest I would get to streaming would be on demand and stuff. But uh, I had a Blockbuster gift card 
that expi it expired post them closing, but I didn't realize that I could have still used it. And I remember finding it like the year or two after they all shut down. And I was so upset because it was like a $40 gift card. And the, to think about all of the cheap movies I could have rented for $40, I was so upset. Right. Because we had Rogers stores here too for a while. And you could. You we could, had Rogers stores for a while. Yeah. Buy yeah. and rent films there too. And the same thing I remember when those were closing, they were just blowing DVDs out for like nothing. So I bought a bunch of this stuff for the kids. But I would typically do what you do, JS. I would. So they used to have um, DVD players that would play Divix. Yeah. And Divix at the time was like the key compression algorithm for. Yeah, pirated movies. So I would download them. I would burn them onto a disc on my it computer. Gave you an and MP4 would, file and and yeah, and put it in the Divix player, and the kids would be able to watch it. So anytime a movie came out that was available for download, I would have it for the kids. So the kids kind of got used to doing that, and we just got into that cycle. So I just have, yeah. I still have hundreds of burned CDs and DVDs kicking around my house right now that will never yeah. ever get played anyway. I don't know if I still have a Divix player kicking around or not, but same, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Same. I used to, when the DVDs came out, with the big rush of the DVDs came out, I had a DVD burner on my on my PC. So, yeah, I would just download them, burn them right to a DVD, and then, yeah, uh, for sure. I, uh, I was to do rentals, too, so very different rental places. So I didn't bother. We really didn't bother burning anything because I could walk five minutes up the road to, a, like, a mom-and-pop rental enough. place. Yeah, um, nice. which was nice and cheap and then i on my drive home from school uh when my parents would pick me up in the in the evenings we could stop uh, there was there was always somewhere along the way so there were a couple of different ones that did like the two dollar thursday night rentals and stuff like that as long as it was mm -hmm. the same like the 24-hour return so i watched a lot of a lot of b-rate movies that way nice not a b-rate movie but one that i think was very very huge for I mean, I know me and you, Jeff, when we were kids, was Batman. Of course. Oh, are you Batman kidding me? 89. I, yeah. Uh, we talked Eric about a little like bit. Yeah, we talked about the it a little Batman bit. The biggest Batman fan ever. Well, a couple episodes ago when Erica was here, we're doing our Batman chat. Batman 89 was the first time we got to see Batman on the big screen. Well, the first time I got to see Batman on the big screen. I don't know if there was ever anything else before that. So here's my uh, little controversial take on that. Do you find that first film holds up well? Because I struggle with it a little bit now that I did not struggle with it when I was younger. I, I'm not. I'm. I, I look, Eric is already laughing. I'd be like, "You son of a bitch." I'll let Eric answer that one. Yep. Roll your eyes, I, you Missy. You go right ahead. I want to know why. Why? Why are you struggling? Like, what in particular are you having a hard time with? I think it's. It really is Tim Burton's style. It's a little too. What's the word I'm looking? It's a little too Tim Burton. I, I don't know any other way to describe it. It's a little too over the top. It's a little too like now that we've had more and more serious, grounded Batman since then. I think if I don't see the Nolan trilogy and I don't see the Pattinson Batman, I think the first Batman probably still holds up fine. But now that I can see what could have been, and is even as dark as they tried as Burton tried to make it, it's very much a take on the Dark Knight Returns. It's still to like the the print soundtrack and all the bright colors and the fancifulness and the dancing and the, everything else like it just for me i don't know it's it's too tim burton i i, I can't think of a way, another way to describe it i think the gothic campiness is my best way of describing tim burton's um is what makes it hold up for me still um mm -hmm. I, I think that's also part of why i liked uh pattinson as as pattinson um, was because 
uh, of the more modern Batmans, he was the most theatrical. And it wasn't goofy or anything, but it was definitely more theatrical. And it's because I was influenced by 89 Batman. Um, if I were in my living room, I have that movie poster from a Sunrise Records, <laughs> like the, the large format hanging in the, in the living room. It was um, bright and colorful in a different way. Like, it, it's definitely a Tim Burton movie. You can get that from watching it. But it has the same kind of whimsy that all of his other movies do in a different story which was cool i thought because i also i'm a big tim burton fan in general that those were some influence those were some influential movies for me uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in general um and i think that uh making it fun and out of this world and ridiculous kind of helps it deal with some of the lines that didn't quite age well and some of the effects that didn't quite make it and the fact that his cowl's so bulky and he can't like there's a lot of production value things that are lower because it was shot in 89 and it didn't have a massive original budget and it was shot really quickly etc cetera, etc cetera. so being over the top helps it also i just i'm an adam west batman fan as well too i just love the idea of a superhero that's got such a tragic and, and dark story but then has like ridiculousness attached to it i think that's what makes it go on that's fair. And and I want to make sure that we're clear. I'm not saying I don't like it or I hate it or any of those noise. Just as I've gone back to rewatch it, getting back into all the Batman stuff, like as far as like Beetlejuice goes, uh, because that is already supposed to be quirky and wild and crazy and colorful and silly and stupid and everything else. It, his style really, really works. Edward Scissorhands, another one. His style works brilliantly. But for Batman, for me, I don't know. I guess after The Dark Knight Returns, for me, everything was like, no, 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 man. I want a violent, brooding, dark night. That's what I want, and that's not what we got in 89. You're right, but in 89, he wasn't the dark, brooding Dark Knight. He was the detective comics, you know, more... World's greatest You know, detective. ninja than... Yeah, he wasn't that character yet, right? I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. At that point, I, I don't feel like Batman was that. That's the one thing about Batman that we got to keep in mind is is he changes a lot over the decades, right? And that's what I was trying to reference uh, with the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight Returns, because pre yeah, Dark Knight Returns, he very was different. all over the map. But yeah. I mean, Burton did say Dark Knight Returns. That's why his he's got the fully black suit and not like the gray. That's why he's got the gravelly voice. It's why he doesn't have a lot of lines. That's why he's not. He's not campy. He's not Adam West. I love Adam West too, but that show was supposed to be campy and over the top and, and silly and crazy and everything else, mm -hmm. right? Whereas you feel like Burton kind of wanted to take this a little more seriously, but then kind of couldn't help himself to Burtonize it a little bit too much. And then the Danny Elfman soundtrack, along with the Prince soundtrack, again, same thing, really didn't lend itself to any level of... Anyways, I'm so sorry we're getting caught up on this. I didn't mean for this to be a... No, no, that's okay. And well, Batman 89. It's I'm funny. not saying it doesn't hold up, guys, and I'm not saying I don't like it. I loved it at the time. I still love it now. Just now, I have some struggles with some specific aspects of it that I didn't have back in 89 when I first watched it because I lived it in 89 when it came out. I had the shirts. I had the soundtrack, even though it was Prince, and I didn't like Prince. I had the movie, everything. I was loved it. So don't come at me. See, it's funny because I'm more with Erica on that, the fact that he... Sorry, Erica, were you saying something? Uh, sorry, I was just saying it depends on the, the type of Batman you, you want now, too, because now you've been spoiled for choice with different types, too, so I think that makes it different Fair enough. as well. Yeah, yeah, I see your points. I, I'm kind of on Erica's side of the fact that that Burton-esque quality of the movie, for me, is what makes it still relevant today. 
The Joel Schumacher movies are silly. The Tim Burton movies are Tim Burton movies. That's kind of the way I see it. Um, so I, I, I get what you're saying. It's not that brooding, hardcore. It's definitely not the Pattinson or the Christian Bale Batman, that's for sure. Uh, or the Ben Affleck, for that matter. But um, he was a Batman for a different time, right? Yep. Uh, Agreed. So. Yep. I regret bringing it up anyways. So I, I, we're, we're a, mi- a minute, we're an hour and seven minutes in. Um, is there anybody that wanted to bring any last movies before we end this? Our esteemed guest. I think we somehow managed to talk about everything that I had brought to the table mentally, even if we just briefly mentioned it, like briefly mentioning Beetlejuice, because that one was on my list as well, too. Hence why I brought the mug down. Um, yeah, I, I didn't write things down. I should have. I had a mental list going, but I'm pretty sure we ticked all of my my main talking point boxes. A lot of campy 80s movies and a lot of weird goth kid movies. That's a lot of it. For me, the only one that we didn't get to, the only two of them, I guess, would be uh, Superman 1 and Superman 2, that the Christopher mm-hmm. Reeve uh, Superman films from uh, the late 70s and, and early 80s that were, again, same thing. Superman 2, I've watched hundreds and hundreds of times i was listening to the superman theme song as i was coming home from work today on my headphones and just like chest out and like you know just just uh, you you i i'm sorry i'm gonna get emotional if i talk about it too much like i just loved those first two films so much we get an origin story christopher reeve just absolutely embodies the role like nobody i love me some henry cavill but nobody has played superman the way christopher reeve plays superman and uh, yeah, yeah, those two films, and then yeah, the second one with the Kryptonians and Zod and Non, and yeah, just oh, and Gene Hackman. I mean, <laughs> everything about all those movies, even Ned Beatty playing his goofy and Miss Tessmacher, everything, everything, dude. I got, I got no words. You want to talk about movies that are on television all the time, or at least used to be? Superman Two was on TV all the time for me as a kid. I've seen it more than I've seen any other Superman movie ever. Mm-hmm. Even one got on a lot because they would they would show it in t- over two nights and they would always end the first night on the helicopter scene because mm. that's the first time you actually see him as mm-hmm. an adult Superman and she's all like you got me who's got you and that's actually you don't even see that you see the helicopter falling and then they would cut and you'd have to wait until the next night or the next week to see how it turned out so loved it man oh yeah Superman time. one and two were on my list the only one. We haven't talked about his Tron. Oh. Tron visually was crazy. I mean, as a kid, it blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, again, did you like one of those. Did you sorry. like the sequel? I did. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of them actually bringing back. Um, oh, wow. I can't believe it. Jeff Bridges? Jeff Bridges. I forget. I'm trying to remember the character's name now. I forget his name. We're bringing him back as a CG younger version of himself because it wasn't quite. It didn't look yeah, quite the, right. No, the technology wasn't there yet. No, it didn't look quite right, and I almost wish they had found a way to not bring him back at all. Um, I understand it's not technically him; it's the program that looks like him, but still, Clue. actually, that's not true. You actually do see him as a younger version of himself. Either at the beginning or the end, I forget now. The beginning. Is that the beginning? beginning. Yeah. Um, the rest is is the the the, the game, right? The game yeah. version of him. 
Yep. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it. No, the original Tron is crazy. Yeah, it's such an achievement as far as visual effects go at the time. So, and some very, very, very early computer effects. So, mm. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, we've got a bunch of comments here. Uh, let me see if I can go back here. Loki Queen Cosplay says, I still watch my DVDs. Uh, Jennifer says, my, I'm now an adult memory. When I turned 18, it was when I went and bought a scratch lottery ticket, then straight to the local video rental store and got my own card. That's when she knew she made it. 89 Batman is relevant because it is stylized. There you go. You'll got nose. I knew I was going to get some lumps on that one, so that's okay. Yeah. Um, uh, it, oh, the stream just reset, and I lost all the comments. Let me I'm having some issues with... The modern films made to be modern, I don't think will hold up in 30 years' time. Uh, I, I could not yeah. disagree with you more, but that's, that's okay. That's all right. Uh, top movie you'd love to see redone, not a sequel, but redone. So that's a question for you. Uh, Michael said Tron Boner, um, so clearly he's also a Tron fan. Uh, I would love for Beetlejuice to be redone. Um, Loki I would Quincy, love a Beetlejuice remake. That'd be amazing. Alien should be up there. Uh, I would yes. argue Alien and Aliens. Uh, yes. Both are insanely great movies. Yes. Uh, and even though they're two completely different films. Um, and Gremlins, Rob is saying as well, the original Gremlins. Yeah, yeah for sure. No, Gremlins, those one. Gremlins 2 was... The Gremlins, the Gremlins 1 was amazing. Worthy additions for for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Beetlejuice. I know uh, Kevin Smith was talking about how they were planning on doing a sequel, like a direct sequel to Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian is what they were calling it for some crazy, crazy. And that got yeah, I know you're you're furring like that got into the development stage. It got fairly late in the development. Yeah, keep stage. Kevin Smith away from Beetlejuice. Yeah, I don't know, man. I know I watched um, a really cool documentary called um, The Death of Superman Lives, I think it was called. Anyways, it was supposed to be what, what was going on with Tim Burton's Superman film when he cast Nick Cage. And, right. And when that first all started to get talked about, everybody was like, that would be the worst film ever. But then when you see that, when you watch that documentary and they go into all the detail as to what mm. they plan to do, you're like, you know what? This might not have been that bad. Yeah, this could have been pretty good. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jennifer also says Gremlins didn't, Gremlins needs to be redone. I disagree. Gremlins need a part three. Gremlin needs a now technology, today technology part three. Still using practical effects. The same way the Fraggle Rock. You guys seen the Fraggle Rock has been revived on Apple TV? All using the exact same practical effects from back in the 80s. Um, they needed Gremlins like that. For sure. Yeah, I think I uh, I don't have an answer to that question because I am of the mindset that redoing movies almost never works. I don't I don't know if I can think of an example where a remake of a movie that I enjoyed I like more than the originals. Other than I don't know, maybe I can't even say like Mad Max because I don't know if I liked it more than the originals, but it was redone. Or mm -hmm. Dune, for example, I haven't even seen it yet. Um, I still don't know if I'm gonna like it more than the first. I I, I have a different. I can't see. I can't see redos. I can see sequels. So yeah. So sequel, if you've uh, liked the original Dune, that should actually have been on my list. Now that you mention it, if you were a fan of the original Dune, you will like the new one. You're gonna want to wait till part two is out before watching it. 
That's my only That's gripe with the first movie is you only get half of the story. So wait till the second. Fucking it's amazing. Beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They That's were able to. I've been putting off seeing it. Yeah, it's it's wicked. You you're not you're not gonna regret it. You're gonna love it. I I'm pretty sure if you like the first one, you're gonna like this one. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I have an uh, uh yeah other than I would like to see there there are certain things I would like to see more of that we haven't seen yet. But I don't I don't know about a redo. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I would have to really give that a lot of thought. That would have to be like uh, tune in next week. We'll leave you on a cliffhanger as to. Yeah, maybe we'll mm-hmm. start next week's podcast with the uh, movies we would like to see uh, remade, re- redone. Because I'm with Erica too. Like they've, they like yeah. I still remember when they when they tried to redo Total Recall, and I was like, "What are you fucking doing?" Like the first one is such an amazing film, a classic, another revolutionary mm. film that had amazing practical effects and visual effects that nobody had seen or done before. Peak classic Arnie, all the cool one liners. Why, in the name of all that is decent and holy, would you try to remake it? And then they remake it, and it's dog shit. But if they hadn't tried to shoehorn in, if they hadn't tried to make it just a remake of Total Recall, if they just made it its own standalone sci-fi actioner, I think it would have been a decent film. But because it's supposed to live up to the original Total Recall, and it doesn't at all, even close, you're like, why why did this? Who decided this was going to be a thing? Robocop in that same category. Oh, awful. So bad. I love Joel Kinnaman, but holy shit. Yeah, that wasn't very... I mean, what? it wasn't horrible. Let's be honest. Yeah, it was better no, than no. Total Recall. Uh, was it? But it wasn't a proper was. reboot of... I, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I'm usually the kind of person that prefers getting a part two or three or like a, yeah, a continuation of the yeah. story rather than a reboot. I, yeah. I tend to not like reboots because, like you say, you're just trying to rewrite the same story, but in a different way. Well, then if you're telling a different story, why are you using the name? Yeah. Like, um, if you want to tell a different story than the RoboCop story, why are you calling it RoboCop? Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. Call it something else. Make it something yeah. else. Or make it a continuation. Make it RoboCop 3. Technically, there is a RoboCop 3, but you know what I mean, right? Like, make it something else. But it's if you're... A, if you're going to do it, you have to dune. Like, if you're going to do it, you have to, you have to go. Yeah, have all to go out. all out. Yes, you can't half-ass it like they did with the everything you just said. They they completely half-assed it. You've got to like invest the time, invest the money, get somebody that's super passionate about it, that wants to do better, that wants to really, you know what I mean? Because otherwise, mm. you just get all the garbage that you just mentioned that we did not need. Yeah. Reboots are reboots are fan fiction with budget, and no one can tell me otherwise. No one's going to argue with you on this channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say in general, reboots are, are are typically very very hard to swallow. Dune is one of those that is the, the rare exception. exception. Yeah. yeah, it's the one. I mean, there have been others that have been good. Gone in sixty seconds. Hmm. Oh, and the Nick Ocean's Cage version is way better than the original version, you know. No, no, no. And, uh, and, and Ocean's Eleven, like there, Ocean's Eleven, Walking Tall. I mean, there yeah. are some that are better yeah, than yeah. the originals, but yeah. typically they don't really work. Especially yeah. if it was a movie that had a giant following, and then you turn around and screw it up. What the, well, yeah. although Loki Quinn's uh, comment about the new Scream movie um, nailing it as a as a genre and legacy movie that. I agree. That one was a way uh, talking about sequels. That was a good way to not just make a sequel, but like 
completely rebring it without ignoring the original subject matter. That was great. They did a great job. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. says uh, legacy movies are way better for sure. I don't know if you watch the new Scream. I have not, but they define it and nail it. Yeah, the new Scream is just that. They bring back some of the original characters, launching a whole new cast of characters. So it's a continuation of Scream. It's not a full reboot of Scream. Um, I feel like that's usually a better way to do it as well. Side quills, I've heard it referred to before. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm I'm here for that kind of stuff too. That's that's better. If there's a passing of the torch, I'm I'm good with that for sure. Yep. Hey guys, uh, we've been on for quite a while. The old man has to go to bed here because he's working early tomorrow morning. So, uh, Erica, before we do log off, anything you want to pitch to the fine folks? Still, still eight people watching us. I'm surprised that they stuck uh, with us this nothing. long, but. Nothing I can pitch, but I did notice my dad just started watching the stream a couple minutes ago. Uh, dad, you have terrible timing. Um, <laughs> my dad is here as we are ending. Um, so I would like to de dedicate my talking about campy 80s movies uh, to him and to watching things like Caddyshack and Meatballs. And uh, I'll dedicate my friendship with Jeff to my dad. <laughs> um, and I will let him know when this is on YouTube so he can rewatch what he's already missed. Uh, he should be able to rewatch it right once it's done. Uh, it'll be on YouTube at the Geeks and Company as well as on Jeff's Instagram. So you can watch it this format or this format. Yeah. Mr. Jeff. Uh, same thing as I mentioned last week. So mm -hmm. the big one coming up is... Um, on May 29th here in London, Ontario. It's the... Uh, uh, Cystic Fibrosis, uh, the walk to make CF history. So I'm going to be there as Spider-Man for a few hours in the morning, starting at 8.30 and probably at least two or three hours there. Just uh, going in the walk, entertaining the kids, uh, having fun, taking pictures, all that kind of stuff. Lots of high fives to hand out. And then uh, Niagara Falls Comic-Con, uh, June 3rd, 4th, and 5th. I'm going to mm -hmm. be there all three days with uh, um, Michael will be there and uh, Crazy Mike will be there with me. And we're going to do some, and Robbie, uh, you know, a longtime collaborator with the show. Rob, I didn't see Robbie tonight, actually. Uh, that's weird. No, he's, you're right. Always, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I, right. He wasn't on. Yes, he and I are doing uh, Riker and Wesley on uh, Friday. Oh, so nice. We get a lot of shut up Wesleys into them. Very and nice, then very um, nice. myself, uh, Crazy Mike, um, Art of the Con, our friend Doug, uh, Loki Quinn, and uh, Sarnia Assassin, which is her dude. We're going to be doing a big Watchmen group on Saturday. So oh, cool. that should be fun. And then Sunday, the Channel 4 news team assembles. We're going to be doing Anchorman on Sunday. So uh should be good. Erica was kind enough to help me with my uh, Ron Burgundy wig. So I'll be debuting that cosplay for the first time it should be lots of fun lots you guys have been working on that for a while now haven't you yeah lindsay has been very very hyped on that one so uh hopefully fingers crossed it's gonna go well um, yeah she's been posting pictures for months yeah she's <laughs> she's all in <laughs> consider yeah, my be pretty formal good. apology to the public for for bringing that wing to life <laughs> i paid you well for it it's worthy of you and the public and of all of our times and efforts and i will hear no arguments to the contrary <laughs> well i uh, i got no big events coming up but uh i uh, mm -hmm. i may actually be starting working on a brand new cosplay over the next few days um I, I, I want to have a couple of extra cosplays for Fan Expo, so uh, I, I, I'd like, I, I would love to do a Sinister Six. Um, who? Uh, who? Who am I going to be doing? Ooh, yeah. Uh, should I say? 
I want to do a Doc yeah. Ock cosplay. You have to. Do, I was just going to say, if you're not doing Doc Ock, why are you, why are you wasting I want to do time? a Doc Ock cosplay. Yeah, I yeah. want to make the arms. It's really what I'm all about. I want to make the crazy arms. and You would murder yeah. as Doc so, Ock. So that's yeah. what I, I, I want to do that. I would love to do a Sinister Six. I don't know who would be interested in being in on that, but hopefully I can convince my buddy Rob over here to do one go. of the one of the Spider-Man yeah. villains. That'd be a Sinister Two. Cool. The yeah. Sinister Two. There you go. There you that go. works. Yeah. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. But beyond that, I got a bunch of content coming out over the next couple of weeks. I don't know if you guys saw. I released a brand new video just this week where I unboxed Fire and Steel's Mjolnir. Fire and Steel's a um, like a shop out here in Mississauga, and they sell replica toys and mm -hmm. statues and busts and weapons and so on and so forth. Uh, I've got an Iron Man bust unboxing coming out next week. I've got a bunch of new Geek Test videos with me and my buddy Rob where we're trying out different things and, and unboxing mystery stuff. So that's coming out as well. So it's a busy time of year. So we've got a lot of stuff going on in and out of the house. But I think that's going to be it for tonight. Again, thanks to everybody who's stuck through this with us. I really appreciate it. I, I say it every week, but I'm still going to keep saying it. I love being able to interact with people on Instagram Live. It's amazing. I wish you guys actually came on YouTube so we can actually show your comments up on screen, but I get it. It's just easier to watch it on your phone. Uh, but I really appreciate it anyway. Erica, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, for sure, we're going to have you back again. Oh, yeah, you're on mute right now. There we go. Yep. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'd love to come back um, and keep somehow bringing Batman into every conversation. Hey, that <laughs> works for me. Yeah. This was this was not my fault. It's true. I will have responsibility for that one for sure. Right, let's bring let's bring Batman into the conversation. There you go. Hey, well, listen. Thanks everybody for uh, what's that? Sorry. Oh yeah, here he is. Don't play that game. I have an entire shelf to the right of me of of Batman paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> my suit is on a plane right now as we speak on its way. It's from done. Germany, so oh, it's done. Yes, it's Ooh. done in ship. It is. The Canada Post is waiting to get it from Germany. So. You have to shoot me some pics when the suit comes in. Of course. I want to see what that looks like for sure. Of course. You'll Definitely. be the first. Excellent. The first. I mean, you'll be like the 17th, but that's fine. That's well, good. you know, I know where I send in the totem pole. That's okay. That's, right. that's okay. Hey, everybody who's watching here on uh, YouTube and on Facebook, make sure you click that like and subscribe button. It really, really helps us out. But I think that's going to be it for this week. Thanks for watching, everybody. Stay geeky. We'll see you next week. I lost my mouse. There we go.